This week on the Sport Blokes. This week, Nikola Jokic is a stat patter. Bullshit. It's a nasty cough there, mate. You might want to go and see a doctor. <laughs> anyway, a successful tour of India of sorts, I guess, for the Aussies. And will Jimmy Garoppolo take a sack? Not a stat patter. Let's go. It's 9.07 on Wednesday, the 29th of March, 2023. We're fresh off episode 145. Here we go, 146. Welcome back, Stewie. Good to have you back. Oh, it's good to be back, mate. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd still love to be travelling around Tasmania. Well, fair enough, too. Very, very pretty part of the world and certainly a place I'll be looking forward to going back to. But it is good to be back in front of the mic chatting about sport. Yes, indeed. So opening bounce time, what you got for us? So I actually wanted to take us back down memory lane. Oh? And back to episode number 75, Great Sport Chokes 2. So the reason I'm bringing this up is in that Sport Chokes episode, we spoke about the plight of one John Vandervelde. Yes. And the 72nd hole at, uh, well, Carnoustie or yes, Carnoustie, as you yes. would call it. Yep. Uh, Sean, Sean, Sean. Mm, yes. <laughs> Someone give him a brandy. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, not a great story for John. He famously went up to the last hole, just needing to make a six to win the Open and made a seven. And we nearly had a repeat of it in a very, very similar sort of way. Speaking of golf, we talked about lightning and bloody hell last week. We did. Last episode. We did. Wasn't there a golfer that got, he got struck twice in the same round? Yeah. Went on this week in sport history? Went off to the hospital and then came back and won the tournament. Yeah. Ridiculous. Anyway, I'll yeah. allow you to continue with your golf story. So at the Raz Al Khaimah Championship, I hope I've pronounced that correctly. It's a part of the United Arab Emirates. It's up near the border with Oman. A golfer by the name of Daniel Gavins came to the last tee box with a two-shot lead. Now, he's out with the driver. (laughs) Yes. It was one of those ones, water all down the right, and you're thinking, oh, God, driver's a bit of a dangerous choice here. Yeah. Very burn. And a par five as well. So not really any need to go for it. And so what does he do? He slices his tee shot straight into the water. Ah, yes. Dear me, I wouldn't say Barry Bird, probably Billy Ocean. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't Very know. good. I'm not even sure if it was the ocean. It, no, well, that doesn't matter. Don't, don't let Bruce get in the way of a good joke. It could have been Doc Rivers. It could have been, could have been Brian Lake. Very nice. I don't know. There's, there's a few options. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, I like it. Some sporting, some yeah, yeah. musical, but. Yeah. Basically, what he's done, though, as I said, he sliced his tee shot into the water, second drive straight down the middle. So a little bit better. Now, while he's walking up to his second tee shot, Alexander Bjork, who was second at the time, bogeyed the last, which is really important because that gave him a little bit more breathing room. Now, Gavins didn't know that and didn't make any effort to find out what had happened, completely avoided the scoreboard, which I think was a mistake. Uh, Golf's kind of a game against yourself. I can kind of understand it. I can see both sides. It's against yourself, but also... Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. In a tournament, it's definitely against the other players. Yeah, I don't know. It might put... If if you know psychologically, it's more likely to put you off. I can understand why you wouldn't. Yeah, I think it probably depends on the personality, actually. But anyway, he's taken a three-wood off the deck, which is tough to do. I mean, he's a professional, so yes, he should be fine. And wouldn't you know it, he finds the water again. Ah, yes. Yes. Took a drop, playing his sixth shot from a really tight spot behind a bunker and put his chip onto about 20 feet. Yeah, it looked good the whole way, didn't it? It was lovely. It was a very good putt. Yeah, it was yeah. certainly a lot bigger than that six-footer that Jean Vanderbilt yes, made. Yes, yes, yes. No chip, that's for sure. So this was probably, a, I don't know, 20, 25-footer, maybe even longer, and he's rolled that in for probably the best double bogey of all time. 
And he walks off with a one-shot victory. Well done to him. Well done. One is all it takes. I'll try and smash through a few myself quickly. Peter Bowl has been well and truly vindicated. Independent testers have found that he definitely did not have a positive sample. We talked about that on, I think it was episode 140, not long before you left. Really sad because he was nominated for Young Australian of the Year and it just didn't kind of happen for him. So that's that's disappointing. Could he get it post-testersly? Yeah, well, or... I don't think so, but I, I don't know. Maybe it'd be a shoe-in for next year, much like Voyager. Shout out to Voyager, by the way, for getting into Eurovision. No bullshit judges hijacking the Australia decides this time. Yeah, dicks. But I have a quote here about Peter Bowl from his lawyer. Why do you protest against the cricket? Yeah, we've got a very loud cricket chirping around here. It's probably coming through on the mic. Apologies for that. It reminds me of the good old days when it sounded like we were recording by the bayou. Remember that one yeah. night? I think it was Halloween. Doesn't <laughs> matter. We had the banjos. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Sport Integrity Australia has an affirmative duty to publicly acknowledge the catastrophic blunders that have been made in Mr. Bowles' case and immediately exonerate him since the rules mandate that anti-doping authorities like Sport Integrity Australia be held to the same standards as athletes. Same strict standards, indeed. Mm. Fair point, I think. Very fair point. A couple of other things. Congratulations to Alex Rocker Campillo. Became the first cerebral palsy sufferer to finish a marathon or someone with a 76% disability or higher to finish a marathon. So that's inspirational. Very impressive. We're going to have to do one eventually, aren't we, man? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I could barely drive (laughs) it. I would struggle. I've got tons of March Madness stuff. We're already running out of time because we have a deadline tonight. I do have a question for you about March Madness. Did you see the question and answer from one De'Aaron Fox about March Madness? Uh, Didn't he say he didn't like watching it anymore? I, I kind of agree. I don't enjoy it. Yeah, okay. Well, I've tried it, and I, I know you were asking... You know, Robbie and Woody about, I really struggle with March Madness. How come? I don't know. I just, I don't think the quality of basketball, I don't, I don't know. And it's weird because I like the idea of zone defense, but I don't know. I just don't really like the quality of it. I just find it so unpredictable and there's so many good stories and there's so many close games. I love March Madness. I haven't been able to see, oh, you're entitled to your opinion. Like the 16-1 where Purdue lost. Huge. Great story. Huge. The Cinderella runs are always interesting, but I just, I don't know. I don't get as excited as I used to about it. Yeah, no, fair enough. I, I have some bad stats here on the flip side of what you're talking about. So Alabama is now 1-9 and nine all time in Sweet 16 games, which is the worst record with teams at least six appearances. And Kansas State has now lost eight straight Elite Eight games, the longest stretch by any team in tourney history. So they are no longer Elite yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, thanks to CBS Sports yeah, for them. The Delete 8, maybe. The Delete 8, indeed. That's right. That's exactly right. Kansas State, uh, yes, disappointing for them. And then one more quickly for me. So Baseball History Nut on Twitter has, and we've talked about this on This Week in Sport History too. Funnily enough, I mentioned the lightning story with the golf. It'll be the first year that Bruce Sutter won't be on the Atlanta Braves payroll since 1991. He's been receiving $1.2 million every year since then and had a final payment of 9.1 million as well so i remember us do you remember us talking about that one yep. yeah crazy Jeez, must be nice getting paid to not work for for 30 years nearly yeah, that's pretty good holy moly incredible you got one more too i believe yeah funnily enough also on the baseball theme now i've been watching a lot of youtube shorts probably over the last couple of years really i love to hate them i have a very love-hate relationship <laughs> they're, they're addictive they are addictive and for someone like me who has a very short so, but short, short, <laughs> a squirrel. Sorry, short attention span. Uh, it's very, very handy because the amounts of 
time basically that I can swallow and actually deal with. And I saw one today, which was just absolutely crazy. So there's a baseball game in 2017 between the Chicago Cubs and the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Phillies were just being blown out. They lost the game 10-2. Manager Joe Madden, though, decided to try something a bit crazy. Moved his catcher, Wilson Contreras, to third base. He then brought another catcher, Miguel Montero, in at first base and moved his left fielder, Kyle Schwarber, to play catcher, giving them three catchers on the field at the same time. Yes. Then the at-bat that happened straight after that resulted in a routine ground ball down the third baseline, which Contreras sent across to Montero for the out, meaning a catcher called a pitch, which a catcher fielded and threw to a catcher for the out. Yes, Shohei Otani. Out. Yes. Yes, indeed. Oh, he was phenomenal. He's fantastic, isn't he? Jeez, he was good. He, uh, people are starting to say he may go down as the greatest baseballer of all time when all said and done. Well, when you play two ways like he does. Yep. Now we've got to start off our NBA segment with some sad news. He did have a good long life, but uh, one of the absolute stars of the NBA and a, well, massive folklore in the New York Knicks history, R.I.P. to Willis Reed. Indeed. It was uh, last week, age of 80, so a pretty decent, decent knock, knock yeah. Yep. But, uh, yeah, absolute icon of the game. Most well-known for that courageous Game yes. 7, 1970 NBA Finals. Coming out effort. of the tunnel. And who comes? Willis Reed. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Marv Albert, you know. Very young Marv. Yep. It must have been one of his first years. Mm. Ah, it's great. And, yep, scores the first four points of the game. The Knicks go on, win it by 14. Highlighted by Walt Frazier's 36-point, 19-assist, 7-rebound game. Fun fact about that game, Wilt Chamberlain, one of 11 from the free-throw line. Yes, okay. Yikes. Interesting. Mm. Yikes, indeed. I feel like Walt Frazier is the sort of player that people our age and younger maybe don't appreciate how good he was. Oh, hey? guy was ridiculous. Yeah. Really, really good. Really good, that, yes. That backcourt of Frazier and Monroe. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very, well, very a lot good. of people hold Earl the Pearl very high. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Dave DeBuscher, they had, uh, you yeah, know, I think it was Bill Barnett and a few a whole bunch of other guys. Was Bill Bradley on that team? Bill Bradley, who I, sorry, is Dick Barnett Dick and Bill Barnett, Bradley. Yeah, sorry, yeah. those are the two. Thank yep, you. Yep. Phil so, Jackson off the bench. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was a good team. A really good team. Now, Reed himself, seven-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year, NBA 50th and 75th anniversary team, and a two-time champion in 1970, as I mentioned, in 73, winning finals MVP both times. You're covering your screen. I am because there's something. Trivia without up. notice. He was also the league MVP in 1970, as well as the All-Star MVP that year. Trivia without notice. The NBA introduced the finals MVP in 1969, and since then, only Willis and two other players have won regular season MVP, finals MVP, and all-star MVP in the same season. Want to have a crack? Giannis? Nope. Ah, I feel like we've talked about this. That's why I was so confident with Giannis. Well, I think it might be a recent winner then. Well, LeBron and Jordan. Jordan's correct. 1996 and 1998. How many others did you say? One more. One more. Steph Curry. Nope. Damn. I'm focusing on newer stuff because I feel like we've talked about it recently. No? Happened in 2000. 2000. Uh, Shaq. Shaq. Ah, there you go. There you go. So very, very elite company, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, look, All-star game. I know, I know, but you got to yeah, remember yeah. it meant something. It did, then. it did. You're right. It did back then. Like, and even in 2000, it still did. It yeah, did. yeah. No, fair enough. And he's just the sixth former. I can't say the word sixth. I struggle with it. Yeah. No, a lot of people are sixth. Sixth. You did pretty well. And I can't he, say the letter S. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just the sixth former MVP to pass away, joining Will Chamberlain, Wes Unseld, Moses Malone, Kobe Bryant, and Bill Russell. 
RIP to the captain. Tell you what, that pickup game in heaven's starting to look like a pretty good game. And I tell you what as well, it just like there's an odd man out there. Kobe very young. Very, very young. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But no, uh, sad. Very, very sad indeed. So I guess, well, the obvious place to go next, Shui, is to perhaps reflect on anything that came up in the episodes with Woody and Robbie or with Alex, yeah. the ginger assassin. There's a few things that I did, I guess, take note of while I was listening. So I guess we, we'll talk about the Jarmorant thing. He's come back now. He's playing. He's kind of getting the help that he needs, which is really, really great to see. The thing that I found quite interesting and, and a bit disappointing about the whole thing, all across Twitter, all across the media, it just seemed like everyone was looking at him and going, oh, he's, and, and I understand why, but he's this wannabe gangster. He's in you know, all of this sort of shit, but no one was offering him help. No yeah. one was offering him support. Pylon culture is pretty big. It's it's tough. Especially in the social media world. The, the one person I saw that really went into bat for him was Paul Pierce. Yeah, yeah, I saw that on Twitter too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I believe he maybe went through something fairly similar. I mean, look, there's a lot of guys that we've spoken about in the past that went through this and didn't come out the other side. No, no, it's true. Javaris yeah. Crittenson's one that... Even that Gilbert Arenas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah, that ruined his career. Yep. So the fact that Jar can come out the other side and hopefully still dominate, it's a big thing. And, and look, sometimes we all make mistakes. Sometimes it's better to make him nice and young and early in his career and hopefully he can iron out those kinks. And I guess a couple of interesting updates on that one. One they have started leaving cities the night of the game. So players can't party in... And fair enough, they're in a playoff push. Mm. They they will be looking at a top three seed in the West. So probably second, almost certainly second, I think. Yep. So fair enough. They don't want the distractions. Maybe it's good to get that out of the way too. And I, I look, I suspect he lost enough money in endorsements and this, that and the other that he's learned his lesson. You hope so. Yeah. You do yeah. hope so. Now, time to bring out the anger in you, Nath. Oh. Nikola Jokic. <laughs> yes. An opinion on him that you're probably not going to like. Yeah, go on. He is a stat patter. Oh. I think he is. How many games have you watched recently? It doesn't matter. Well, I'll tell you what, Shui. The last few Denver games I've seen, there's been no sign of stat padding okay. at all. Let, let, me, let me clarify. So you're going to eye test this let shit. Me, no. Okay, well, I can yeah. give you two examples. Okay. There have been two games in the last week where he's come back onto the court, Denver up 20, with him a couple of assists or rebounds shy of a triple-double. That doesn't read well. Well, that's the coach putting him in. I mean, that happens across the board. Look, I'm going to say this. I Look, there's a, there's a difference between trying to reach your triple-double and being a stat patter. Two separate occasions does not a stat patter make. Okay, but you, you've got to let me clarify. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And I knew you. I knew you would jump down my. Well, throat. you, you, I, you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate the fact that you you've gone. It's in, hot in this room. It's going, very humid. You're going into bat for you. <laughs> Look, by the way, I don't necessarily think he's a shoe in for MVP either. Oh, he's not. But MVP. I don't think he's a stat patter. Embiid wins it, guaranteed. Well, well, how's okay? We'll talk about that we'll in a second. second. Yeah. So, all right, my thoughts are that Jokic is a stat patter, but I don't think he does it necessarily intentionally or we'll say well in the egregious way that russell westbrook did okay westbrook would be out chasing rebounds giving up open shots to make extra passes for assists but see that's what a stat patter is intent yeah but the, the thing is like he's not if he's stat padding with natural ability he's not yeah, stat padding no, he's just accumulating stats everyone takes stat padding as this big negative 
why does it have to be a negative? It's a negative if it negatively impacts on your team. So I remember that time Draymond helped blow a game for Golden State. Might have been quite in the early days when we just started the podcast, actually. Mm. And he, what was that comment he made about being selfishly unselfish? That he kind of blew the game because he was going for that tenth assist. Yeah. So you, you can you can negatively impact on your team doing that sort of thing. But I didn't say that he did, did I? No, no, no. Well, we were speaking in the general then. We yeah. weren't talking about Jokic. But, but what I'm saying is, like, I think that you can still be a guy who's maybe going out and he's like, he's, he's aggressively seeking rebounds because he's a big guy. Well, it should be. Yeah. He's, he's aggressively seeking assists because he has great vision and because he's a great passer and he's aggressively going out and getting points because he's a natural scorer. Well, the, the scoring is what he doesn't do much. Often you'll see a box score where he's only taken six shots or yep. something, you know? But what I'm, what I'm saying is I don't think, that necessarily in this case, him being a stat pattern is a bad thing. I think that he does go out and imp- like he impacts. Yeah, this sounds like a semantic argument. I think we're actually on the same page here. I, I think stat padding requires intent almost above all else that I will get my triple double no matter what, even if it's at the detriment of my team. And I honestly don't believe he's that sort of player. And and right. I, I seek out Denver games. And I've watched a fair few. And I, yeah, I do not think he's he's a step. But you got to understand, I'm not saying that he's going out doing it to the detriment of his team. Well, that's what I mean about, although, about the semantic argument. Although then. they did ne- very, very nearly lose to Philadelphia yesterday with a G League team. Yeah, that was interesting. So that's where the MVP discussion is quite interesting because Embiid didn't play. And it's like really convenient to have played the home game in Philly and dominate that one and then not play the return game in Denver. Yeah. It was a bit shit. Did you see that there was someone had put up all these missing person signs all around Denver? Yeah, Did you I see saw, that? I saw that. So it said Joel Embiid, aka the process, descriptions, no MVPs, no first team, all stars, tall, oh, yeah. last seen in Denver 2019. Yeah. Yeah. So he hasn't played a game in Denver for four seasons. Fair enough. Yeah, a bit shady. Oh, well, I look. I, I look. I think Milwaukee will probably win the championship, and Giannis is probably the best player in the league, and he maybe should be MVP. But I think games played is an important thing. I think it's that close that it will come down to the final game almost. I think, but I, I, I don't think Jokic is a clear winner necessarily. I don't think he is. Yeah. I, I honestly think, and okay, yes, disappointing that Embiid didn't play in there, but I think his push to the line has been more impressive than Jokic's, and I. I don't know. Yeah. It's a whole season award. It is. It is. Denver now have a better record than them too, I think. Well, they're very close. I don't think they do. Oh, I think it's one win between them at time of recording. Although I guess that win the other day might have actually helped. Let me go to the I think I think it's I think Denver have one win over them. Actually, no, they're a couple ahead now. A couple. Oh yeah, okay. Yep. There you go. Look, I just think Embiid I think he deserves it. I think he's been ridiculously good this season. Don't get me wrong. I think if you look at pure talent. You could probably argue that he's third behind Giannis and Jokic, but I just think his season has been the best. And I don't get Oh, look, I, I don't think you can be disappointed if any of them won, to be honest. I don't get a vote, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I think I think you can make a strong case for all three, and I wouldn't be all that disappointed with any of them. I think Embiid's more of a scorer. I do think that Jokic makes the players around him better, but I think Giannis is the best of the three. So He's also got a better supporting cast, though, really. I mean... Who, Giannis? Well, both. I think if you once you get past, okay, Maxi's had a bit of a down season. Harris has been. Oh, okay. look at Denver's bench, man. Their bench, especially after yeah, they traded Bones. The bench, yeah. Yeah, oh well. But like Harden, okay. Once you go past Harden, I mean, okay, Philly have a lot of guys that can step in if no one else is there and do well. 
I mean, we saw like Furkan Korkmaz was pretty decent. Harrell was playing pretty well against Denver. They've got guys that can step up, but I don't know. I, I think, I don't know. I just think Embiid deserves it. That's my thought. Oh, that's fair enough. I, I, I think the jury's out till the season's done because there's still, what, 10 games or so? Oh, probably eight. Yeah. Well, that's a tenth of the season. It's not nothing. Oh, so, it's not. Absolutely. Yeah. Not. Again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer at this point. I'll tell you what, one man who's definitely out of MVP contention is Luka Doncic. Jeez. Hasn't that turned to shit? Mm-hmm. Oh, surprise, surprise. Yeah, I know. Well, we picked it from a long way out, Absolutely. didn't we? We never thought. And look, Dorian Finney-Smith, I said, well, we probably both said, yep. without his D, it's going to hurt them. Yep. And what a surprise. Oh, no surprise at all. I mean, we, we said the one thing that they didn't have was time. They didn't have time to get this gelling yes. sorted out. And unfortunately, and, and I think that was one of the, the points I made was that, yeah, they don't have enough time to like 15, 20 games to figure it out. They've got to go and get this right from the start. And shock horror, their last 10 games, they've been shit outs. So here's a quote from Luca that's interesting. It's really frustrating. I think you can see it with me on the court. Sometimes I don't feel it's me. I used to have really fun smiling on court. I don't know if that's a misquote or he is English as a second language. We won't hold that against him. Certainly knows more languages than I do. I used to have really fun smiling on court, but it's just been so frustrating for a lot of reasons, not just basketball. Mm. Was fined 35 grand for making the money fingers towards the refs during the Suns game fairly recently too. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, they're in struggle town. They've lost twice to Charlotte in the space. Of I know days. it's crazy. Isn't Don't it? get me wrong, Charlotte have turned into the Bucks this last week. So. Yeah, it's, isn't that weird? They bet you guys. You'll be happy about oh, that. Very happy about. How that. is that pass? Yeah, ridiculous. My gosh, the defying the laws of gravity in Indiana, missed <laughs> miss the corner of the basket by an inch, probably. Well, the laws of physics is what I meant to say, but yeah, defying all laws in the scientific world. That yeah. was incredible. Yeah. yeah, absolutely amazing. So yeah, look, I don't think it's any real surprise that this happened i think we both kind of saw well i mean you i think your official word was this doesn't move the needle yep and it hasn't no well it's moved the needle the wrong way mm. in the end do they even own their pick i was going to say how funny would it be if they got wemby i'm feeling the knicks might own that pick after oh, the brunson trade yeah interesting i don't know hmm. anyway yeah i guess we'll, we'll look at that yeah. It won't matter when OKC get it anyway. <laughs> no, I couldn't go a whole episode without Hey, I saw recently in our group chat you kind of conceded that it wasn't going to happen. Oh. And it seems like you've backtracked again. It's, it's amazing what one loss to Charlotte will do. <laughs> Let me put it this way. I don't think we're going to get him. I just want to be in the running. I just want to be in the yeah, lottery. No, I get that. I get, you know how I felt about the Spurs last season. Yes. You go back to... I mean, obviously, the, yeah, the Duncan one's ridiculous. But if you go back to like the Orlando Magic, you know, they go in with the number one pick in 1994 after Shaq's rookie season because they were the very last team that kind of missed out. They had like a 0.4% chance of winning it, and they win it again. Just being in the lottery is oh, yeah, 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 all yeah. I want. I'm yeah, not yeah. saying we're going to get it. Oh, I felt the same way last. I totally understand. Like, totally understand. You know, and, and to quote you, the play-in is fool's gold. So Yeah, I think for the most part. Although a young up-and-coming team, if they could get their way into a first-round series, they could still finish sixth. Oh, they could. So, so I think that uh, it's kind of win-win in a sense that if you finish lower, you'll have better odds. If you finish higher, they'll spin the wheels a little bit in the playoffs. Like I suspect, I suspect Sacramento, for example. Okay, they're the third seed, but how much of that is beating up on teams on the second night of back-to-backs or whatever it might be? And you know how sometimes there are regular season teams, but playoffs are a different game. But 
I suspect they'll taste a bit of disappointment in the playoffs this year and it'll make them all the better for it. Like in the footy, I reckon the Swans are all the better for that loss to Geelong. Yeah. Hopefully. But look, it's one of those things. I've I've said it right from the start of the season. Just want to be shit this year. Yeah. Moving forward after that, go nuts. No, I understand. Hell for leather. I do understand. Yeah. Now, Nathan, we actually skipped over something. Kendrick Perkins. Yes, you're right. We did. What a Muppet. I know, right? Apparently, the guy from Keenan and Kel did an impersonation that was funny. I didn't get to watch it. I might have to take that one out. But thank God for JJ Reddick. By the way, I've been enjoying The Old Man and the Three lately. I watched the episode with Ben Simmons last night, which was quite eye-opening, actually. It's from about six months ago, but he's been shut down. Back impingement. But Kendrick Perkins was saying, it's facts, it's facts. It's like, no, like he's just trumping, you know. He, he was saying his opinion was facts. Yeah, I was going to say that's nothing but opinion. Yeah, and I'm sorry, you can say it's facts. Um, and clearly we are in a post-truth world. I know that was word of the year, the dictionary word of the year, and not so long ago. You can't, you can say facts, facts, facts till you're blue in the face, but it doesn't make it true. And good on JJ Reddick for calling him out. And then on first take, they actually had to apologize and say, oh, actually, there's a lot of diversity in the MVP voting. There's a lot of African American journalists. Let's get to vote. Yeah. And I think Om Yong Samuk, for example, so there's a lot of Asian Americans as well. I didn't say his name very well, but um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a diverse pool. And yeah, again, you can't just, Kendrick Perkins sucks. Uh, look, I think you can make a case for Nash's 0506 MVP. That probably should have gone to Kobe Bryant. Kobe averaged nearly 36 a game, took a really shit Lakers team to 45 wins. And I think they took the, the Suns to seven games that first round as well. So, funnily enough, talking about regular season teams, some of those Suns teams were a little bit regular oh. season. Not all of them. There were some very good ones when Amari was killing it. They but... were the Houston Rockets before the Houston Rockets. Yeah, yeah, the regular season Rockets. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, aside from that, to say that the Dirk and the Jokic ones were not justified, it's like it's one of those things. So it reeks of xenophobia. It, it does, and you you kind of made a similar point. And I, the way I look at it is, you can make a case for so many guys any year based on whatever your narrative is, but it's disappointing if your narrative is racism. Yes, the less said, the better, probably mm-hmm. from there. So there's an interesting thing in the NBA at the moment about the refing. So there was that. But did you see that Fred Van Vliet oh, press conference? It was amazing. How good was it? The eh? best. Ah, Ben Taylor being demoted. I've talked about Luca with the dollars money yeah. hands signal. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in love with that happening because obviously it then says, well, if you piss and moan, you can basically pay for guys to get demoted. Oh, he he pisses and moan a lot, and. Well, not Luke. I mean the Fred Van Vliet. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. It just sets well, up. well, maybe it was justified. But it does send a message that, like, if if you're willing to take a thirty-five thousand dollar fine and whinge enough, then look what can happen. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe it's justified. And there's some funny things going on in the NBA. There's a lot of people thinking there's some funny business going on. So, look, I know stat news isn't always accurate. So, assuming this is accurate, and it was quoted on another source, so I hope it is. But I saw the Lakers free throw differential is plus 263 since January 29th. Yep. So that's only two months. And to put that in perspective, the next best is Miami with plus 123. So what's that? A difference of 140-odd? 140, exactly. One, yeah, 148. Hey, got some math right. Uh, so Devin Booker after the Suns lost to the Lakers. I understand the agendas that are out there being pushed and trying to just get that out of my head and go out there and compete. Yeah, look, he's on the NBA All-Winch team, isn't he? He is, but, but the stats are interesting. And obviously, they would like... Look, I do want to see LeBron in the playoffs, so I can kind of understand. 
well, you think we've talked about that Sacramento series. We've talked about that Portland series. The league does tend to like the Lakers being successful. But the, the thing that makes this interesting, though, is who's getting the free throws. So it's all been Austin Reeves. He's this new golden boy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, he is aggressive. He is. Yeah. He is absolutely. He's good to watch. He's, yeah. he's always got a little bit of prime Brad Newley to him in terms of Brad Newley had this thing in his prime and even later in his career where anytime he went in the lane, he just had to look at the opposition and he'd get free throws. And he's got a bit of Pat Beverly like mongrel in him too. Getting up in people's faces and... Yeah, well, yeah. I, I look, I, I'm not a fan of Pat Beverly. No, I know. Well, a few people are. But uh, no, look, I mean, it's one of those things, I guess, maybe I haven't seen all of the Lakers games. Um, Anthony Davis, obviously, is going to get his fair share of free throws. But I think the big thing is just Austin Reeves. He's in this purple patch at the moment, or purple and gold patch, if you will. And he's getting to the line a lot because he's being aggressive. Yeah, I do think you can look at stats in isolation. You need context. Context's yeah. important. I would so. need to know how many threes they've taken. Yeah, but yeah. yeah how, are you, how much they're taking it to the rack. No, I agree. I agree. And, you know, we talked about it with New Zealand and, and Sydney, for example, in the NBL. The only other thing I wanted to finish with was NBA University. Luke Kennard posted the highest ever true shooting percentage in a 20-plus point game in NBA history. On his 30 points, he had 136.4 true shooting percentage, 10 of 11 on threes, and a plus 28 in just 24 minutes. I said he was a good pickup. Lights out. I, I yeah, yeah, no, you you absolutely you did. I no. loved them getting here, honestly. Yeah, no, that's... Spot on. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great pickup for Memphis. No, I, I, the proof's in the pudding. That 151 in that game. Yeah, I know. There's been some high scores in the last fortnight. Yep. Real high scores. I don't know how much defense is being played, but well, uh, yeah. Not much. No. No. All we get is bloody OKC games on ESPN. Yeah. I've seen a lot of OKC <laughs> this year. Oh, the one game I wanted to see was the one today, going down the stretch with it. One point game or one yeah. session game. I'm like, I want to watch this one. Uh, poor Josh Giddy talking about stats, just one assist off a triple double with a 30 point performance, too. Mm. So well done to him. They had three 30 point performances on a losing effort. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, you've got one more for our NBA before we move on. Yes. It's a, a little bit of a rebuttal to something you said in the episode with the throwback boys. Okay. Goran Dragic is going to do fuck all for Milwaukee, Nate. Stop it. Don't pretend like he's going to be the this missing piece for them. Oh, no, I don't think it'll be the missing piece, but I think... You were can... talking him up big time. Well, I think I think big time. Oh, I'd be interested to go back and listen. But I think a bloke can bob up in the playoffs and have a good game, and I think he could come in handy. I think they'll use their veterans very well. Look, I don't think he's the be-all, end-all. I don't think he necessarily puts them over the edge. They can win it without him. But, no, I think he could be handy. He's played nine minutes so far. Yeah, wait till the playoffs. It's just good for insurance. I wouldn't want to be trusting Goran Dragic in the playoffs. Yeah, well, okay. Well, I mean, even in in practice, and I don't know. I think it's good to have those sort of veterans on your team. And I think the only place he's got value is the veteran leadership. Yeah. Oh, well, well, we can revisit this if necessary. (laughs) You mean if you're right? I'm now going to scour through all our episodes (laughs) to find out where you went wrong, just so I can call you out. Wouldn't be too hard. about 10 of them tonight. Uh, look, you know, we all have our opinions. Nah. Sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. Each and every one of us. That's why we love it. That's right, Goran Dragic. And now, what made Stu say bloody hell? Well, the bloody hell this week goes to the bright lights of Las Vegas and a very unexpected signing bonus for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> so this is the one I teased that uh, we've dug up a bloody hell already for your impending return. Indeed. So Jimmy G signed with the Las Vegas Raiders for the upcoming season and to show their appreciation for joining the team, Alice Little and Caitlin Bell, two ladies of the night we'll call them, have reportedly offered him free sex for life. 
Mm. Wow. <laughs> That's a long time. It is. It is. Potentially. I, I dare say it's it's not really a stretch, is it? I mean, he's a pretty good-looking guy. I would have thought that they'd be hoping he will come in every now and then to break up all the disgusting creatures that come in. There's like 15 double entendres. <laughs> not, like, not intended. I was like, where, where do I even start? <laughs> Look, it's, this is a really, really, it's a big offer. Let's be honest. It, it is a big like, offer. Regardless of how he looks. And, and these two women are, are pretty attractive as well. So I haven't seen them. It's not legally binding, of course. Of, of course not. But if we go back to last season, the Raiders were 6-11. So obviously they're a little bit excited to have a quality quarterback bring him back to the playoffs, or certainly attempt to anyway. And they've said that they want to make sure he, quote, feels stimulated all season. Mm. Mm. Yes, I'm sure they do. Now, in one article, I actually saw that Bell was nominated for Best Sex Scene at the 2023 X-Biz Awards. So it's hard to say if he'll take them up on that offer, but it might be silly not to. He's, he's not currently attached. So to Jimmy Garoppolo and the fact that he could go all the way, <laughs> all I can say is uh, bloody hell. Bloody hell. So we thought we'd maybe discuss the cricket a little bit just at the end here. We don't need to do it a whole lot, though. No, it's in the rearview mirror, isn't it? I have to say, just listening to Woody talk about cricket, I could sit here and listen to him talk cricket all the Oh, night. he knows his stuff. The, he knows his stuff. The depth of knowledge, the ability to recall. I mean, it's probably like we are with 1990s NBA as well, but just his ability to recall certain points in matches and things like that. I mean, it was, yeah, great to listen to. So, yeah, we probably don't actually have a whole heap to add. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. We probably didn't have enough faith in our team because he was right. If it weren't for that one hour of madness, we nearly maybe win that test series. Yep. So... Hats off to the team, especially with Camo going home as well. So, yeah. yeah, well done. So I did want to actually, I guess, just certainly for me, approve one of the things you did say. You guys were talking about whether we maybe had the the, the lineup right and I guess moving forward the formula right to potentially contend or uh, you're never going to say beat India in India because it's a very, very tall order. Oh, it's very rare. But yeah, very rare. But I think, yeah, moving forward, the formula is definitely around spin more. We had a really, really good lineup of Nathan Lyon, Todd Murphy, and Matthew Kuhneman. They had a, a pretty solid back end of the series. Minus Labashan and Travis Head can obviously bowl as a... As yeah, a well, I was watching the last episode of the second series of the test on Amazon Prime the other day, and I forgot, Hedy had some really nice deliveries. I think it was in, was it the UAE or Pakistan? It's when we went back to Pakistan, I think. Yes. He's very capable off-spinner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Manus's leggies aren't terrible. And so I guess looking at what happened in all of those with India, they had Mohammed Siraj and they had Umesh Yadav as their, their pace bowlers throughout the entire series. Now, obviously, if Jasper Bumrah is available, you would play him. He would be your first choice. Yeah. But them playing those two and them not bowling particularly large volumes of overs, that's kind of what we need to do. Have one out-and-out pacement. In this case, Mitchell Stark was the guy. You might, moving forward, have Hazelwood or Cummins or whoever it happens to be. And then you have a Cameron Green who can come in, bowl a nice heavy ball, I guess maybe sort of clog up one end. But, I mean, he's never going to be a guy who's going to rip through you. But Oh, look, he's... Oh, man. His peak is still maybe three or four years away. It's so exciting to think what he could become. It is. It really is. Great to watch. I just, obviously, I don't think you can have Scott Boland as a secondary bowler. It just, he either has to be the first guy 
or he's out of the team. Well, he's pretty old these days anyway. Yeah. So he, he, he has a few opportunities. It's but... an example, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah. yeah. So I think, look, we've, we've definitely found something very interesting. And Tom Murphy, of course, was fantastic too. Murph was great. Kirkland was great. We looked more patient, though, with the bat. I think that was what was impressive in that second half of the series. Like, way less sweep shots, more conventional shots against the spinner. It, it, this is one of those things where you just hope that they put it in the memory bank for the next time they tour. Start guys that can play, you know, play against spin. Obviously, if there's a new Usman Kawaja, we would obviously love to have him. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, well, he won't. There, there'll be some retirements around the corner. So, but no, I think the Australian cricket team's in pretty good nick. And I have a lot of optimism for the World Test Championship, the Ashes, and the One Dayers. Should we talk about them? Because that was a series win. Yeah. 2 1. Certainly. That, that third match, I'm kind of surprised we won. I thought India were gonna were gonna grab that one, so I didn't bother to watch the end, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't because I thought they had it in the bag at only fourth. Looked a bit subpar as far as the total went. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, there were some low totals. Well, like I said in my intro last week, it took till the third match for them to realise that hey, one day is a fifty overs each team. Yeah, well, they didn't get past forty overs and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Didn't get past two hundred. Oh, the scores. I know. I know. Do you know, the thing that I was actually pleasantly surprised at and really enjoyed was the fact that it was actually, for the most part, the pace ball was in that series. 29 of the 45 wickets were pace. Starkey swinging it all over the place. Starkey swinging it, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was obviously great. But yeah. but it's not a fifth-day pitch, for example. Or, so the, the pitches are different and, and it's not all that surprising when you think about it in that context. True, but still, I mean, two-thirds of the wickets... Yeah, yeah, well, spin is king in India. No, yeah, no, fair enough. Usually, yeah. So, yeah, it was that was certainly very, very nice. And, and you know, Mitch Marsh was just oh, what a revelation! Spectacular. Hey? He's almost certainly locked in that top spot. He's got to. You'd hope so. I mean, what he had three fifties, an eighty, uh, and a uh, couple of sixties. Forty-seven. Forty-seven and eighty and a sixty or something. Yeah, so three very, very good scores. He's yeah. almost become that Matthew Hayden. Well, he's an all-rounder too, though. So, so but this, just in this, terms of like big unit, yeah, oh, it's hit, huge. Yeah, it's yeah. a long ball. Yeah, yeah. He's going to basically deal in boundaries and sixes, which is what Haydos used to do. So. Oh, when they when they chased, was it that second match when they when I think when he had the eighty odd, eighty one or whatever it yeah, was, the, the none for he was just brilliant. I I thoroughly enjoyed that. We did it in eleven overs or something. Yeah, Whew. it was about that. Yeah, no, that was fun. Fun to watch. Yeah, look. Great to see, obviously, especially after the first one. Anytime you lose the first match in a, a three-match series, you kind of think, well, probably going to be a struggle. No, but yeah, they they fought. They showed good intent. They they showed good poise, and it bodes really well for the World Cup, I think. It does. It so does. it's going to be really interesting to see where David Warner fits in the picture and how they handle the opening. And He maybe doesn't. And I tell you what, Ashton Turner has to – they've got to consider him because he's bloody good in the short form. So he'd, he'd be a good guy to come in at like six. Well, I think he might fight with Glenn Maxwell, I dare say. But right. I think Glenn Maxwell probably wins. But I tell you what, mm. I don't know if he should, to yeah, be honest. Maybe it's WA bias. Now, speaking of WA, we've got to talk about the success here. If we can be parochial for a moment, we try not to be too parochial. It's our show. We can if we Well, can. to varying degrees of success. Mm. But speaking of success, another clean sweep. The Shield once again after the Marsh Cup, where they didn't lose a match, and the Big Bash, the Scorchers, yep. two years in a row. So well done to the uh, team over here in the West. It's rinse and repeat. It really is rinse and repeat with all three forms of the game, where the bowling lineup do so much of the job, the batting lineup have it that bloody easy. I mean, you, you look at pretty much any of these, these forms and any of these teams for the last five years, 
they can certainly like the score. They can defend any yeah scorches, in the T20s. Yeah, they can defend 130. Yep. The bowlers obviously in this one as well. The WA bowling attack was just superb. You had you know Joel Paris was great. He he was, but they had really good variety as well though. It was multiple different. Types you're right. Of they're not. You're right. You're right. Yep. Joe Richardson and they are different t- very, different styles. Yeah. Very yep. different. Um, you had Kelly bowling well. Like there's so many guys that that came in and did their part. And obviously you're talking more broadly. Obviously, yeah. Jai, yes, short broadly. Yes. Jai Richardson didn't actually play in the the final. No, but I'm talking about the different styles of pace attack. Yeah, but yeah, the, but a lot of humidity around, and it was swinging all over the place. You got to watch a little bit. Did you? To watch a little bit, which was nice. Good to see the end of the game, and obviously, anytime you win a, a match by nine wickets, it's a pretty decent. Outcome. Yes, yeah, and a draw would have been enough because they finished top of the table. But good to win outright, especially with the rain delay as well. Yeah, New South Wales didn't win a match in the Shield. Wow. That's huge. That's unheard of. Mm. Follow-up question to that, because I can see, obviously, they lost five and they drew five. With the amount of draws that you're seeing on there, does that maybe say that they need to maybe put that extra day on? Uh, oh, I don't know. Can they justify that money-wise and this, that, and the other? I don't, I'm, not I, I'm okay with Shield at four days. The final is five days, I believe, yes, if they need it, it to is. be. So... I'm okay with that. And and look, obviously, you know, Stark, Lyon, Smith, there's some pretty good players playing. And look, Agar, Green, WA had people out too. Uh, everyone had people out, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, look, it's rare. And I'm sure they'll be right up there again soon. Interesting but... that Todd Murphy made it back. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, doesn't yeah. matter. No, fair enough. Game good over. win. So, Shuey, Steve Smith, Aaron Finch and Marcus Doinas will be playing Major League Cricket. What do you make of all this? It's a shit name. Ah, well, it's very US, isn't Stephen it? Stephen Smith. I mean, who calls <laughs> who calls their kids Stephen? No, no, majorly. Blink twice cricket. if you're okay. Majorly, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it's look. It's interesting. I I love the idea of this. I love the idea of putting cricket into a market that's that big, and a market that we know historically loves sport. They get excited about anything to do with sport. The same way that us Aussies do. Yep. We know how much they were frothing over the AFL while there was that big lockdown and nothing was happening in the States. Yeah, they had a little to watch. So I think this is a really, really great time to capitalise on that. And obviously, I mean, we know what the population of America is like. Well, that's right. So it's funny. One of my mates, shout out, I know he listens, was asking about it. And he said, what do you think? And I said, well, actually, they're what, 336 odd million? I mean, it's more than 10 times our population. When you think about the Indian, the Pakistan, Bangladesh, English, Australian, New Zealand, South African, Irish. I mean, there's a lot of expat communities that love cricket. So I think, look, I'm not going to pretend it's going to be bigger than something boutique. I've watched, I've watched a bit of the XFL lately, by the way. Yeah, the xylophone so, football league. Yeah, I saw some of that. The other I day. assume that's what the X stands for. Uh, I believe it's Zenatha. Ah, right. Xenograph. Anyway... If that can succeed in kind of a boutique kind of thing, I think this could succeed. And I dare say, there might be a few people, now they've fixed up the pitch clock and this, that and the other, there might be a few casual baseball fans that watch some T20 and go, oh, I like this a bit more than, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It takes on a lot of different sports that they do. So obviously you've got the baseball aspect. You've got, I guess, the lacrosse is, is another one that it kind of uses that might big, appeal that, yeah that yep. bigger field yep. so there's a few other sports that, that they kind of almost yeah mold together to create that i guess and i think what i love about this is that they've done such a great job of recruiting big name players from all over the world and so they've just had their draft 
as of what? I think it was a day ago. Matty Wade was on the list as well, I believe. There were a few on there. I mean, yep. there, there's a few big names, certainly of the Australian ilk and quite a few from other countries as well. I mean, you mentioned, obviously, the, the big Australian names. Yep, Smitty, Finchie and Stoin. Yep, so we have those guys. You've got Winindu Hasaranga. You've got Anrik Norchi. You've got Quentin de Kock. You've got uh, Corey Anderson. There's a, there's a lot of big name and big hitting players as well. So all of those guys are going to be either coming in bowling really, really quick, bowling amazing spin in the, the Hasaranga sort of camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other guys are all really big hitting. They're going to be hitting sixes and fours left, right, and center. That's what you want. That's yep. what's going to get the Americans interested in it, seeing the ball go flying. And I remember there were all-star matches, oh, God, probably like 10 years ago now. And Warney, Kirtley Ambrose, yep. all these guys, Jacques Callis might have played. There were all these great ex-players. Oh, Callis might have still been playing. He played for a long time. Anyway, they got decent crowds from memory. I remember watching a couple of those games. I had them recorded on my fetch for a long time, actually, because of Warney. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So look, I think, again, I think it'll be boutique, but I think it could survive as long as they're not, as long as they have realistic expectations. It could be anything. Yeah. We just don't know. Yeah. No, it's going to be interesting. I hope it's on ESPN because I want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure you know what that music means. Final thoughts time. You're well and truly back in the saddle again. Two episodes in one night. Oh, bloody knackered. Hooked you in. It's been, it's been a <laughs> big, match big night. Yeah, I'm not big. <laughs> big night. Lots of stuff on the table. I'm going to go home now and see if I can find that Caitlin Bell sex scene. <laughs> see if it's as good as that made out. Can I see if it's up to Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, 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 yeah. You might get season tickets for the Raiders. Yes, yeah. absolutely. No, look, huge week. NBA playoffs are on the way as well. Lots going on. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of great stuff not too far around the corner. Until then, I'm Nate. And I'm Stu. We are the Sportplex.